Warning, the following program contains subject matter not suitable for a younger audience. It contains offensive language and opinions. Stop it! You're acting like a child! Greetings, ghouls. It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. Horror. Your normal mind can imagine. I'm gonna die here. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. Why? Fucking dead bastard. And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. We are Fetch of the Dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Right, welcome to Fans of the Dead. I'm Mike. I'm Jeremy. How you doing, bro? Doing good. Excited for this classy episode that we are about to embark on. Very classy. I actually just ate a boat of sushi with Jenna. We had a little candlelight because nothing says class like the movie we're about to jump into. Maxim Magazine actually called it the fourth greatest B movie of all time. Yeah, my wife calls bullshit on that. <laughs> She's like, I'm sure I can find four other like B horror movies that are much better than the garbage that you just watched. I was very entertained with this movie. <laughs> it was so entertaining. It is one of those like, you know, people look at bad movies because they're so good. But this one is a movie that realizes that the premise is insane, but it has a lot of fun with it. And I can respect that. Oh, I mean, there was no way they took themselves seriously. No. I mean, what was it? What did they have for a budget for this movie? It was like $50,000. I didn't even bother looking at the budget because I didn't think it was much. Yeah, no, it said on IMDb they had a $50,000 budget and it was shot in like five days. Nice. All right, yeah, so let's just... Get right into it, man. This is a recipe for disaster. Now, when you're making these at home, make sure to make them with TFC. Tender fucking care. <laughs> so first, obviously, I had to make a screaming orgasm. Ooh. Oh, my. Now, in the movie, I, I might complain about it a little later, but she's not drinking a screaming orgasm. It looks more like a tequila sunrise. Yeah, it was like red, wasn't it? Yeah. Like I mean, to make that, orange. you need bloodshot eyes. Realize we are born to die. <clears throat> anyway, so screaming orgasm. So what you're going to do is you're going to take a shaker. Put a little bit of ice in that, baby. And you're going to take one shot of vodka. I got 100 proof smearing off. And I just dropped one of my ice cubes on the floor. That's cool. I'm in the basement. And then, shot of Kahlua, shot of Bailey's, shot of DiSorono Amaretto, a shot of cream, a shot of milk. I know, I know, but that's what's in it. Shake it up. Now you're going to pour that into a hurricane glass. Or a naked lady glass, if you got one of those. We are very classy. Oh my. Mine's in the dishwasher. Oh, my. And then, just to get fancy, you're going to sprinkle it with a little bit of chocolate powder. Now, I added a little bit of spiced chocolate. I'm going to put a little bit of smoked ghost pepper, just to give it a little bit of kick. All right. Cheers. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you can tell that there are four shots of booze in there. <laughs> but it tastes like six hundred calories worth of deliciousness <laughs> i'm not even kidding it's almost 600 calories so yeah jesus um i don't know if i could have more than than one of these not just because of the booze but just because uh i mean milk and cream i can't even taste the ghost pepper oh well now other than that i was thinking about doing the chop suey but in chinese chop suey basically translates back to English as odds and ends. And if we're going to make scubble of guts, I want to do that special. I want to do that up. So we're going to do that separately. So we're going to focus on the McNuggets. 
<laughs> We're making McNuggets with the chainsaw. So, to start, you'll need two breasts. So I grab myself a great set of tits. And you're going to want to butterfly those. Cut them up into small cutlets, basically. Tiny little cutlets. Now, if you want to get fancy, you can take out your tenderizer, squish them down a little bit, and then I usually just do breadcrumbs, but we're going to get fucking fancy and do it more like the restaurant. So I took the chicken and I brined that in jalapeno juice to get it nice and wet. Dredged it in flour, an egg wash, and then flour again. Rest them on a uh, drying sheet, and then you're going to want to heat up your oil, fry those babies. Now for sauce, you got to use some barbecue, good barbecue. I usually make homemade, but whatever you got, whatever you like, do that. A little bit of lemon juice, mayo, yellow mustard, honey, and thank me later. Oh, yeah. Pretty Sounds fun. delicious. It, it actually came out really fucking good. Nice. Yeah, cool. So, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Which apparently, in the UK, they wouldn't let them put the word chainsaw in the title. So they're just Hollywood hookers? Yeah. That is funny it's not exactly like the word i thought they would have taken out of it but yeah well they were more apt to hammer down on violence as opposed to sexuality and nudity and stuff like that over there yeah whereas we're like almost the opposite over here no shit we probably would have just said hollywood chainsaw we we have no we have no cares no whatsoever spoilers ahead you don't have to go to texas for a chainsaw massacre Colorbox proudly presents Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Good. You found the front of the sleeve interesting enough to read this. Well, you have just selected one hell of a night's entertainment. Just like the night Jack Chandler, private investigator, took a brief to locate a teenage runaway played by Linnea Quigley. An easy job for a guy like Jack, or so he thought. But as soon as he got involved, things literally began to fall to pieces. Jack's investigation leads into the clutches of a demented chainsaw-worshipping cult. Instantly, Jack recalls the recent spate of chainsaw murders that have been going down in this part of town. He realizes he's about to become the next sacrifice. Will Jack keep his cool? Will he keep his head? Will the police ever pick up all the pieces? All these questions and many, many more, some of which you didn't even ask, will be answered in Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. They That's... charge an arm and a leg. <laughs> That's quite the uh, lengthy synopsis on the back. Yeah, I, I went through a few to pick out a good one, because this one just says, Chainsaw Happy Chicks strut their stuff in one of cinema's all-time great cult hits. And that's it. But it shows them all scantily clad, you know, holding the chainsaw and posing with the chainsaw. So I, I guess they were leaning to that. Like, I don't give a fuck what this is about. My two favoritest things are on this movie cover box. You got babes and heavy machinery. Oh, yeah. It's not Bobo, it's just Bo. <laughs> Alright, man, let's get into it. Alright, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Directed by Fred Owen Ray. The chainsaws used in this motion picture are real and dangerous. They are handled here by seasoned professionals. The makers of this motion picture advise strongly against anyone attempting to perform these stunts at home. Especially if you are naked and about to engage in strenuous sex. My conscience is clear. Fred Owen Ray. That's a great opening. It's always great when the movie starts with the disclaimer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So there's like some soft like piano music playing. Very calming. They're interviewing this blonde chick with a cigarette. And the person interviewing her is asking, you know, what happened? You know... I took my clothes off, then I took his clothes off, and then, you know, we did it. Now, did she remind you of Sherry Moon Zombie? Yeah, a little bit. Especially her laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Then what? I went over to the closet, and I took out a sexual enhancement device. (laughs) Then what? 
I'll show you. So they they um they bring up the credits. It's no, like this. No, she she revs up the chainsaw which they have laid out in front of her. Yeah. And uh yeah, she she kills the guys interrogating her because of course they left gas in it, which actually this will get called out later. Yes. So the credits start rolling. It's like the stereotypical generic 80s song and this is where we meet Jack Chandler. Well, hold a- on. Did you notice that the uh, the screenplay was by Dr. S. Carver and B.J. Nessels? And the very next credit was screenplay drastically rewritten and improved upon by the director Fred Olin Ray and T.L. <laughs> Lankford. That's rough, man. I don't think I got that. Yeah, they're actually the same people. Those are their uh, aliases. Oh. I thought that was a little funny touch because at first I was like, "Holy shit, that's pretty rude." <laughs> All right, so we have we have Jack Chandler. He's writing up this thing about like this paper about um, recent events in the wonderful city of L.A. And we see a lady just sleeping on his couch, who is Linnea Quigley. Yeah. Now, the opening, the setup. He's in this you know crappy office. He's got an ashtray full of cigarettes. He's Typing on a typewriter, it brings me back to like the old detective noir. Like it's black and white. Yeah. Out of all the dimly lit, smoke by the blind, scuffed up knockoff shoes upon the shoddy built IKEA desk, roach-fed rat-infested offices in this godforsaken world, and she had a walk in the mine. <laughs> so it's a dark, quiet, sleazy place where dark, quiet, sleazy things happen on the regular basis. This establishing shot of this bar really fucking irked me, man. They <laughs> they couldn't fit the sign in the shot. Right. Like, were they not allowed to use it? It wasn't called the West Side Bar, and they had already used the West Side Bar, like, in the narration? Is that what happened? Like, what um, the fuck was going on? <laughs> Maybe. But every now and then, someone dies. Yeah, man, shit happens. This is where we, we see, we meet Jake the bartender, played by Dookie Flyswatter. I booed out loud when he first spoke. Oh, like, I was expecting, you know, kind of like, boo hoo, oh my god, oh my, you know? And he was just like, hello, what will it be? Uh, so sitting at the bar, there's there's two women, and they're just kind of like glancing over at him. And one approaches, you from around here? So he's he's down from Seattle for work. His name is Bo. Bo Hansen. Bobo? Like what, do you work at a circus or something? No smartass, my name is just Bo. And she so. fingers his drink. <laughs> that is so uncool. So she's trying to pick him up, obviously. Uh, her name is Mercedes. I bet you're played... as expensive as a Mercedes. <laughs> who's played by Michelle Bauer, who we also know from Sorority Babes, who played Lisa, I think. Yes. She lets him know that he just needs some TFC. TFC? What the fuck is that? Tender fucking care. Very clever. She's just a social worker, and he needs some social work. Right. He needs a little bit of stress relief. Yes. As we all do. So they leave the bar. They head to the motel. The motel motel. The hotel motel. (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. So apparently he hasn't seen anything like this since Okinawa. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a prick. He could have just said nothing. It's, you know, if you got nothing nice to say, shut the fuck up. Mercedes turns on some music. There's a couple stickers that I thought might mean something later, but they don't. They mean nothing. It was uh, Boycott Britain. It was on, like, the on the record player. Yeah, there, so it said it a couple times. So Boycott Britain, um, what that was, we were boycotting in 1980 the Moscow Olympics, and a lot of people were on board with that. I mean, a lot of people. A lot of countries were on board with it, but Britain gave it up to the athletes to decide you know, these athletes have been training right, for years and years. And, of course, they decide to go. So we got all fucking huffy about it. That's what that was about. Had okay. nothing to do with the movie. 
So Bo doesn't seem into the music. He's just kind of like, Ugh, you know, what the fuck is this? Boobs. But he was definitely into her undressing and dancing. And then she starts putting up like plastic, like all, like over her Elvis picture. Right. I, I was like, oh my God, she's getting ready, like all Dexter style. But nope, she just <laughs> wanted to cover her Elvis painting because sometimes I get carried away. And she puts on like this hair cap and just talk about some stiff joints. <laughs> I've got just the thing to loosen you up. Take me to heaven. Your request is my demand. Now, I love this because he's saying, oh, no, his hands are, like, moving. And he but still he tries just to cop a feel. <laughs> yeah, but even, like, as he's getting gutted, he still tries to, like, cop a feel. Did you notice that was a, a severed hand? Yeah. That flipped up and landed on her dick. That was so good. And she slaps it off. Now, I, I love this because the chainsaw goes and it's just, like, you can see, like, someone's just, like, throwing buckets of blood at her. And, like, you see, like... <laughs> A handful of fingers, and, you know, the groping hand. Um, you know, it was kind of lame, but it was gory. And then we see a peeping Tom. Or should I say, a peeping leather face. Yeah, so this bearded dude from the bar, actually, was just watching through the window. And obviously that's Gunnar Hansen, who played Leatherface. Very interesting. Yeah, he was an interesting character in this. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that a little little more. So this, this is where we learn that his name is Jack Chandler. Um, he finds our detective missing... friend. Yes, our, de- our detective friend. He finds missing people, not pieces. Yeah, now he's yeah. looking for an Oxnard beauty who was tired of getting tucked in too tight by her stepfather. Yeah. So then we meet Mick, who's on the phone, and apparently... They had found some, they found a bag with multiple bodies chopped up. Chandler walks into his office, and of course, Mick doesn't seem very excited, and all he needs is a private dick in his face. Like, the dialogue in this movie is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, and then they share a little bit of whatever's in uh, Chandler's flask. So, he explains he's looking for some, uh, this chick, her name's Samantha Kelso. Maybe thought she was the one that was locked up. Mick calls, like, the people up to grab the Cuisinart queen that they have locked up in the basement or the cell, whatever. And then they bring in the chick from the intro. Right. That's not his missing girl. No. They trade uh, pleasantries. Doesn't seem like she knew anything, and they just kind of send her back. And then Mick gets another call. <laughs> what? Chainsaw gut your tongue? Yeah. And then she gives that great baby laugh. <laughs> Mick gets a call that he may be interested in, and so now they're like, like with the coroners... Going through a plastic bag. Paper bag. All the evidence was in a paper bag. A paper bag. That's right. And they don't use any glove to go through the evidence. And they're going through all the stuff in the bag. And one of the, like, the, I don't know, a young rookie or whatever, he's like, hey, do you think this could be a clue? And the, <laughs> the detective's like, oh, like, everything's a clue, son. There's, there's, there's keys. There's lip balm. There's, like, rubbers. Two fingers. <laughs> a matchbook. A bloody matchbook. Oh, my God. So Chandler goes back to his hotel. After he snags the matchbook. Yes. So his girlfriend's there sprawled across him, which looks very uncomfortable. That's that's Sally. Sally's my girl. She's got a great set of tits. (laughs) Yeah. So she swears that the missing chick looks familiar. And he, like you said, he took the matchbook that left uh, Mercedes' name and number on it. So he's deciding to get up and he's going to follow the lead because being a dick is a 24-hour job. Right. And then Sally wakes up and I love the uh, the overdub narration. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, so Sally woke up. She begged me not to leave. But you can see that she's flipping out Very and throwing <laughs> shit at him. I love how she throws his hat and it just lands perfectly on his head. <laughs> Meanwhile, across town, we have it's like a nice like a nice house and like this older guy looks like he's waiting for company with his very 80s music that he's listening to, which I feel like he probably 
wouldn't have been listening to because he's I feel old. like he put that music on because he's trying to act cool. He ordered an escort, so he wants to seem hip. He's a nerd waiting on the hooker. He looks like a low-rent, anxious Elton John art teacher. <laughs> but his name is Herman. Herman, yeah. Are you Lisa? Yeah. He offers her a drink. So, what's in the suitcase? So he offers her some sour mash. Sour mash. Sour mash, man. Delicious. So sour mash is a process used in the distilling industry that uses material from an older batch of mash to start the fermentation of a new batch. Anagulous to the making of sourdough bread with the starter. The term can also be used as the name of the type of mash used in such a process, and a bourbon made using this process can be referred to as a sour mash bourbon. I don't know why I felt the need to describe to you what sour mash is, but it's fucking delicious. Jack Daniels is a, is a sour mash. Fun fact. Huh. The things you know. <laughs> I could picture that like, was that NBC <laughs> with a star shoots across? <laughs> it just says sour mash. The star falls. Uh, so what's in the suitcase? 24 inches of fun. Toys for big boys. This uh, fucking so, hipster Colonel Sanders motherfucker. <laughs> he wants he wants to have like this this photo shoot for his business. Yeah, he's making a calendar, and he's like uh, setting it up to be like a creepy little leaguer calendar. I, I don't know. Like all the little leaguers his, love him. Yeah, little leaguers at his church group. <laughs> oh God! So yeah, so she has he has her taking pictures with a bat. And as she's getting, like, closer and closer, what, what, what are you doing? What are you now, doing? Now, this was a hot little photo shoot, the way she was working with that bat. And there were actually some really cool colors and the lighting, yeah. the mixtures of the blue and yellow. This actually was a really cool sequence. But he's like, I can't do it if you're this close. Stop it. And it just rails him with the bat. Yeah. Throws him in the tub. And out comes the chainsaw. Mm-hmm. It was a little ahead of its time. <laughs> oh, Leatherface is happy. Yes, he seems to be following his people around. Yes, he's following these crazy chainsaw chicks. Mm. So Chandler calls Mercedes' number, sees that she's selling, but not cars. No, but all he knows about her is her headlights are great. <laughs> and yeah, so he goes to meet her at the West Side Bar. So they go, they go back to the bar, and we see a bunch of college kids and a random 10-year-old, like, sitting at the bar. It actually looked like the clientele of uh, Sampan in downtown Framingham back in the day. Oh, God. <laughs> the bartender's like, what'll it be, pal? Bourbon. With a bourbon chaser. So, which, back to Sampan's, which, which, which place would you say was worse, that or Han's Dynasty? Sampan. Really? Oh, yeah. So... My friend was visiting from California, and I jokingly was telling him that every single night there was a fight at Sampan, but it was cool because it got broken up because the police station was right there. So we're sitting at the bar, and no lie, a fight breaks out at one table, and it moves over to the next table. Those people start getting involved. So the fight is like comically, like cartoonishly, <laughs> moving around the bar towards like where we're sitting. And we just move a few seats over and keep drinking. It was hysterical. He's <laughs> like, so, you you weren't lying. I was like, nah, I wasn't exaggerating at all. <laughs> all right, so Mercedes shows up. Oh, at first, um, he talks to Jake, the bartender. It shows the bartender Samantha's pick. And then a picture of a chainsaw from a magazine. He's still shaking his head. And then shows Although he looked a little more interested there. Yeah. But then shows them how to do, like, shadow bunnies. Yeah, that was really random. It, it was like, <laughs> what is this, naked gun? <laughs> uh, Mercedes arrives. You haven't been waiting long, have you? He's like, how did you pick me up out of all these people? You're the only man here. Yeah, so she asks, like, how he got her number, and he comes up with, like, this bullshit story, and she can tell that he's full of shit. Jack, I'm gonna fuck your brains out. I do not like the sound of that. Yeah, he seems obviously concerned here. But the concern quickly fades as Linnea Quigley starts to dance. 
Yes, Mercedes also goes up to get her, her uh, get the drinks, and he seems to be get a little getting a little antsy. He wants to call for backup. Right. Now, this is one of the funniest lines here. When he's, like, mesmerized by Linnea Quigley, he's like, you could have knocked me out with the pubic hair. <laughs> so, what are you, what are you drinking there, uh, Mercedes? It's a screaming orgasm. But it's clearly not. She says it is, but it's not. It's a tequila sunrise or something. But she I'm a real scream once you get to know me. See, now... He gets in, so he goes to the back to to call for backup or whatever, and Samantha kind of jumps off stage. And the voice message is hilarious. Because, like, one of the lines was like, if you think you're about to become a homicide, hang up and call 911. If this is Jack Chandler, hang the fuck up. <laughs> I told you not to call me. Yeah, so he comes back to the, ca- to the table. Uh, Samantha's gone. Leatherface is off watching to the side. And then... He just passes out. So apparently she drugged him. Yes. Now, this is a great example of why you never leave your drink unattended. Now, I, I'm dead I'm dead serious about this. Do not leave your drink unattended. Because this shit happens, man. Yeah. So he wakes up in an apartment. If my head wasn't hurting, I'd swear I was in heaven. <laughs> heaven for guys who like big tits. Yeah, so this blonde, like, is is at his bedside. She says she found him in the gutter. Somewhere along the line, I must have slipped on a piece of shit and ended up here with you. (laughs) And so he tells her he doesn't remember much. She gives him the third degree, and also he's tied up. Tied to the bed, and all of a sudden there are hookers surrounding him. Ordinarily, (laughs) this would be a real picnic. Yeah, so normally in this situation, one would be actually pretty excited. However, I don't think this is the case. No, there's a chainsaw on the bureau, and in walks in Leatherface. Yeah. How dare you act like a pack of wild animals in my presence. Now, he's wearing a leather jacket and an interesting Egyptian necklace. Mm. Yeah, one of them pulls out this long knife and just starts carving like in his chest and then licks the blood and it looks like what she carved was some sort of shoddy eye of Horus which we used to ward off the evil eye you know you would put it on things to fight your opposition you know it was like a good luck charm and if you dig deep into YouTube and you go down a rabbit hole it's Illuminati (laughs) (laughs) Don't, don't go on YouTube and go in rabbit holes uh, so, he explains that they stumbled upon them at a very unfortunate time. It is the chainsaw that unites. The cosmic link by which all things are united. So, you're an ancient chainsaw-worshipping cult. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's, just so, it's so fucking ridiculous. So, they're a cult that worships the chainsaw. And Jack points out that there weren't chainsaws in ancient Egypt, and one of the hookers is like, yeah, but there were the chainsaws of the gods. <laughs> Which I guess could be true. So the chainsaw cleanses. The, 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 this religion needs constant sacrifices. So apparently what? And you pray to the to Black and Decker? So let me guess. This is your big night where you get that special sacrifice where you're going to live for, an, you have the chance to live for like another hundred years. How'd you know? <laughs> it's like it's just like the funniest dialogue. So he he gets up and leaves, and the girls are talking about what they're gonna do. And one of them kind of acts like she's like, "So we gotta get to eh eh before the worst chainsaw noise I've <laughs> ever heard a person make." So I I thought we would do it right now. Jeremy, let's hear your chainsaw. <laughs> hers, hers was worse. <laughs> it didn't sound like a chainsaw either. So okay, we'll give her a little more credit. <laughs> no, 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 fuck that. It's it's almost time for Letterman. Oh, we ran out of gas. Let's go to the corner store. I told you to stop in Texaco. Hey, hey pick wh- me up a slushy. 
cherry if you can. Oh, man. So, so yeah, so they leave Linnea they quickly. Leave Samantha, Samantha behind. Thing. Yeah, so she, she unties Jack. She explains that, like, her friend was murdered by this group. So she followed them to L.A. to get revenge on these fuckers. I'm going to burn that temple over those fuckers' heads. So she she did she didn't want her mom to know because she may get grounded. Isn't she like twenty three? They never said how old she was, so I don't know. I don't know, but anyway, she's gonna like you said she's gonna burn it to the ground. You got a lot of guts for a little girl like you. Great dancer too. <laughs> oh man! So listen, princess, your mother paid me to bring you back in one piece. Yeah, so she refuses to leave, so naturally he headbutts her. I mean, yeah. really headbutt her. Yo, he fucked her up. So I, I guess, like, the scene failed. Like, they, they couldn't get it right, and he actually friggin' tattooed her with his head. Oh, shit. Yeah. Now, she's, but I guess, she's really tiny. Like, in real life, she's probably, like, five foot. Like, he probably knocked her out for real, then. Yeah, I, I guess, like, she no-sold it till the end of the scene. I was like, Jesus Christ. So he thinks that she's going to lead him to the middle of this evil, insidious cult of chainsaw-worshipping maniacs. Uh, maybe maybe religious freedom has gone a little too far. <laughs> or so, something about the borders. And yeah. he, was just, he was just ranting at that point. But then, you know, he wants to call the cavalry. He drops the dime on the cult, calls his cop friends. Um, and then he's talking more about Samantha. And he mentions that she's got the nicest set of knockers I've seen in a long time. Not to mention, he also told Mick that it's BYOB. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because uh, he didn't get invited to the party, but it's BYOB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the sacrifice is starting soon, and Samantha wants to get them to the temple, but Jack says to wait. She's, like, starting to, like, seduce him, and then his girlfriend walks in. Private dick, huh? <laughs> so now they're heading to the temple, and talking about Mike, her stepdad, and her mom. So apparently she was actually, she actually liked her stepdad. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't know that she was on a vengeance kick trying to get revenge from her dead friend. But yeah, she's like, oh no, my mom kicked out Mike. So they're talking, and then she goes, you're not getting afraid, are you? She goes, hey, I've been shot. Almost. <laughs> and then she... She gives, like, the graphic details about, like, being, of her friend, like, being chainsawed, like, five times and, like, skin pulled off and, like, her face looking like Joker mouth or whatever the hell, like, she said. And he, he's like, yeah, I was almost stabbed, too. <laughs> Always got to try to one-up someone. <laughs> and they have no idea where they're going. Like, wish they'd have some sort of sign for this, like, hidden temple. Oh, luckily there's a sign that says temple this way. Heading, hanging on a statue of Anubis or whatever. Yeah, so they got the little black cat, not little, they're like the big black cat sculptures kind of leading the way. A cat or were seen as magical creatures, and they would bring good luck to those that would house them. Yeah. So the ancient Egyptians thought. So they follow the sign down this alley and into like this warehouse or something, or like wherever they go into. And then there's another sign that says, keep going, you're almost there. It's almost like this is a trap. <laughs> so now she's kind of scared, and he knocks over the sign and goes, hey, nobody heard that. And out comes this Egyptian dude with a spear. That's never good. No. Okay, one lousy guy. So now they're led into this waiting room, and now there's a sign that says, please wait until your number's called. Now they're tied up and busted, and he's... Sorry, things aren't working out exactly like I planned. Mm. So as like the other girls come back into the room, and they have their back and forths in conversation, they give Samantha one last chance to redeem herself, and then they give her this huge syringe of oil. Yes, which apparently fucks her up. Yeah. But it is the blood of their ancestors. So their ancestors were chainsaws. Yes, makes sense. Got it. 100%. So now it's Jack's turn. He will now be the human sacrifice, and 
here comes Leatherface cult leader. I believe his actual like title in the like movie was like the master. Yeah, it was the stranger slash the master. You're gonna make an excellent offering to our god. You know this building is in zone for human sacrifices. You can get a lot of trouble for this. It's actually probably right there. Now I love they offer a humble offering and they bring in like all like the cans of oil and they pop the they got, like they the got old the school funnel. The can, it's like a can opener funnel. Yeah, I think it's time somebody cut you down to size, Jack. <laughs> so, ceremony begins. Um, he's in like this black robe. Uh, the other women are all dressed Egyptian-y type. And this is, yeah, they bring in the canned oil with the, the old school funnel can opener thing. And the high priestess of Anubis comes forward to serve the master. She gets a tray of like the oil. Like All the girls take a sip. Except and one. Then, one girl did not sip the oil. Correct. Mercedes is kind of like off to the side. And can I just say that we have to insert that gif of Leo biting his hand for her outfit? Yes. Yes, very nice. But then we have some topless flame trickery. Yeah, this girl was like, she lit this like hot poker on fire and she was swallowing it and rubbing it on her tits and yeah. doing some kind of weird dance. Yeah, so like Mercedes is off to the side. She's has this like kind of concerned look on her face, but... I don't know. So, but next, yeah. So we have before before we go into it. This whole big production is because they worship the chainsaw, who they believe was the tool of Anubis, which is also who uh, the master is wearing on his necklace. That was the pharaoh. His name was Kafra, who is also believed to be the inspiration. For the Sphinx, also known as Anubis, who was the god of death, mummification, embalming, the afterlife, cemeteries, tombs, and the underworld. Basically, things you don't want to be the god of. You know, you don't want to take responsibility for that shit. But it's the <laughs> man with the wolf head that you're most likely picturing when you hear Egyptian god. It's the most used right. depiction. So we have the semi-main event coming up. Where we have the virgin dance of the double chainsaws. Now, I'm giving the movie an automatic brain for this dance number. Linnea quickly earned a brain just for this. So we have Samantha. She she basically just has like body paint on and a thong. A green sequence thong. Yep. Nipples out. And so she finishes after swinging her chainsaws around. And she leans against this stone. And then they bring in Jack. They lay him down. Prepare to meet Anubis. Now, Linnea Quigley actually got dizzy from all the uh, the fumes and the smoke from doing that dance. Yeah, because they, they said like all the fog like in the scene was actually like um, exhaust. Yeah. So Don't now, run your chainsaws in an unzoned sacrificial warehouse. You have to be careful about that. So now the chainsaw won't start. Yeah, a little bit of... Uh, chainsaw dysfunction but apparently this takes a higher mechanic <laughs> a lot of lot of uh, innuendos and uh, Freud would have a field day with this movie oh my god um, so apparently the, the cops are on the way and Mick wants him to speed up but this is last year's model and has bald tires says, damn it it would have been faster if I had my Volkswagen well next time take your Volkswagen uh, it's so. The master's trying to start the saw. Say, hey, what's with Sam? Is she okay? Yeah, she's one with the gods. Finally, he's like, oh. He goes, oh, I see the problem. Finally gets it going, hands it to Sam. And of course, all the other Hollywood hookers are cheering her on. And doing this kind of lame chant. And I don't even know what the fuck they were chanting, but it was, it was, it was horrible. No harmony at all. No. <laughs> Well, I'm sure they didn't practice. No, they need to take a page from a you know a better cult handbook. Like I, I I don't know off the top of my head, even the Manson family had probably better chance than that. Jonestown definitely had better chance than that. (laughs) 
So, she says, oh, you're not still sore about that headbutt, are you? And she turns, uses the chainsaw on the master. Mercedes grabs the other chainsaw. Now, I'm not going to say that Mandy took their chainsaw fight from this, but I could totally see, you know, some influence in, yeah. in their chainsaw fight. Chainsaw fights are awesome. You know, but with, with, with work, you know, Mandy will get there to get to this level of chainsaw fight. Just saying. Yeah. So Jack's untying himself. Sam runs the chainsaw right through Mercedes. Talk now, about nobody gets it. out of the way. No. Not at all. Talk about cutting it close. <laughs> uh, the cops show up. Everyone's Everyone starts running out of the building. She's uh, completely covered in blood. Yeah. Because obviously when you dismember someone with a chainsaw, you get super soaked with blood. Like a super soaker just squirts you with blood and someone throws fingers at you. That was like a Super Soaker 150 job. (laughs) The one with the backpack? Yeah. (laughs) So, So, yeah, so she she was talking to Jack, and she goes, Oh, I was so worried I'd turn you into Chop Suey. So that's where the Chop Suey came in. Got it. So Mick comes in, just as, like, Jack and Sam are making out, which apparently, when again, when you're covered in blood, the thing to do is to make out. I've said this in a previous episode. Do not make out with anybody if they're covered in blood. Get a baby wipe. Wipe a little bit around the lips first. Like, wash your face. That's all. Patience. That's all. So what took so long? Well, Letterman was on. He had a couple of good guests. Buy a VCR! <laughs> so apparently they've the, the police have been following these guys for a while. They just thought they were smuggling illegal artifacts. Which they probably were. And the uh, like, the other chicks just disappeared. Yeah, so a couple of the cult member ladies run off, and the cops are like all excited. They're like, yeah, we get to chase some bitches. And they run off. But all the dead cult members kind of just turn into vape. And then we circle back to Jack is back to like writing his story. He just feels like he should write this down just in case someone comes across another chainsaw-wielding cunt. Cult. Whoa! Uh, talk about Freudian slips. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> there are others. Now, Samantha is now his secretary, and obviously she's very talented. She probably earned the job, plus she's got a great set of tits. And that's how we end our movie. But coming soon, we have student chainsaw nurses. Bad to the bone. Unfortunately, that never got made. I'm sure it would have been one of those sequels that is even better than the original. So when I first watched this movie, I I mean, just look at the title. You knew it was going to be schlocky. And it's really fun. And the second time I watched it, I liked it even more. Like, this is a really fun movie. Oh, it's it's fantastic. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's terrible. But it's a, it's one of those amazingly terrible movies. Yeah, if you want to laugh your ass off and see, uh, as Jack Chandler puts it, a lot of great tits. I mean, this is definitely a movie to check out. The music works very well with it. You know, it's got that old noir detective feel. Michael Perlstein did all the scoring. The soundtrack is actually available on vinyl. A lot of people are paying a lot of money for that. Uh, It's crazy. The opening song, Baby So Long by The Fugitive Kind, is very fitting. But the music kind of gave me like a... Did you ever play the game uh, Sam and Max? Freelance Police? Yep. You know, the anthropomorphic dog and bunny fighting crime. Like It had that that type of feel. And great movie... Great actresses in this. Michelle Bauer, Linnea Quigley. Yeah, so apparently some of the hooker extras may have actually been hookers. <laughs> yeah, I've read that. And they like <laughs> they were on set, they like drank all the beer and bounced. <laughs> like they bought beer to you know, when they were wrapped, but they're like, Oh, someone drank all the beer. <laughs> yeah, that and um Hermes apartment was actually the director's apartment. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. But yeah, no. What about Mercedes Hotel? That was probably someone's room too. Yeah, it might have been. But yeah, it is. I I laughed constantly through this movie. 
the only thing that I, I really think that the movie was lacking was a fun, hip, like, ending credit song, you know, that talked about, like, the events of the movie, you know, something like, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, <laughs> they fuck you till you're dead. Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers gives new meaning to getting head. <laughs> so, what do you think? Oh, God. Okay, so... <laughs> so factoring in the double chainsaw dance and the fantastical dialogue I'm going to give it three braids Ray. nice yeah I'm going two and a half braids on this one. good one good 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 so definitely this being the third movie that we've covered featuring Scream Queen Linnea Quigley, I thought it would be disrespectful if she wasn't our Horror Babe of the Month. Yes. Barbara Linnea Quigley used to be very shy, but somehow she blossomed and in 2017, Playboy listed her as the sexiest scream queen of all time. Really? I mean, obviously, we just did Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. She was also in Sorority, Babes in the Slimeball, Bolarama, Return of the Living Dead. She also had a really great dance number in that movie as Trash, the yes. punk girl. Um, Night of the Demons, Creepazoids, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Nightmare Sisters, which she was also in with Brink Stevens and Michelle Bauer. I have that queued up. I might watch that later tonight. She's in so movies, like, so many. She has an extra page on her Wikipedia just for her filmography, which she also has a bibliography and a discography with her band, The Skirts. Yeah, you sent me that video earlier. That was <laughs> something. That was pretty, pretty fun, man. Um, but she's even had random awesome cameos, like in Dead Heat, she was Zombie Go-Go Girl. She was a soul from Freddy's Chest in Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Wow. Yeah. I mean, she's awesome. She's written three books. Um, she So going back on her, her band, she met her bandmate while on the set of Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams. Like, huh. that's a cool origin story for a band. Yeah, she, um, she's... She's got some interesting titles in the last, like, five years or so. One that I actually think I may check out because just it, it sounds terribly awesome is Clownado. Clownado. I've seen that pop up on, like, my, you may like this. And I'm like, Clownado? It's that. She has um, Hooker with a Hacksaw. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. Um, let's see. Miss Strangelove. Good girl, uh, Girls Gone Bad. Stripperland. I mean, that might be something to check out. <laughs> yeah, so be, besides being all of these things, an author, writer, I mean, author or writer, <laughs> you know, she's got a band. She's an author. Obviously, she's beautiful. She's a great actress. She's also an avid animal activist. Yes. A lot of different charities. If you go to Linnea-Quigley.com, if you're able and willing please donate to one of her animal charities and a nice little thing that i saw on there while i was just going through her website she also does over the phone tarot card readings really now just putting it out there that could be a fun birthday present hint hint wink wink <laughs> if anyone out there is listening and needs to get me something fun movie dude absolutely so I recently came across um, this podcast called the Horror Project Podcast. And, you know, they were looking for people to subscribe, check them out. So I did. And I noticed they had also done a Midsummer episode. So I sent them a message. I said, hey, I said, just so you know, I just checked out your Midsummer episode. It's really good. I enjoyed it. Um, we also did it. You know, check us out, too. And... 
they posted on our on our Instagram when I asked about this movie. So what's the name of the podcast? It's called the Horror Project Podcast. And he said, um, this would be the type of movie you watch when you really want a thought-provoking storyline, but it certainly does look entertaining. But uh, but yeah, no, they we've been we've been sharing each other's stuff on um, Twitter, uh, Instagram. So I just wanted to give them a shout out. Nice. What uh? So on Twitter, a little bit of feedback when I asked if anyone had watched Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. What thought? Big Evil Pop said it was spectacular. Paul Davis said, "Boom, a classic." Rolling Stone one seventy one said, "Awesome." And showed a little gif of Linnea whirling around a chainsaw. Eben said, love it, fire, fire, skull. Also a little gif of the aforementioned virgin double chainsaw dance. I mean, people seem to really love this movie. Yeah, um, I was actually surprised more people like saw it than I thought they did. Yeah, um, Christer... Emanuelson um, dropped us a little bit of fun trivia. He said, this is funny. So, Linnea Quigley was often surprised to see the virgin dance of the double chainsaws used to advertise the film on TV and print ads since she is actually nude and covered in body makeup. Censors mistakenly thought she was wearing a skin-tight costume. Yeah, I read that one, too. That's a fun fact. Yes. So yeah, man. I guess I guess that does it up, man. Thanks for listening. Like this is <laughs> this was a fun episode. <laughs> it really was. Uh, so and we needed to do something light because I'm not going to mention it now. But next month's movie is going to be a little darker. Yeah, it was it it was nice to do something silly and stupid. And this movie was both of those things. So as always, you can catch us on Podomatic, iTunes, Spotify. Podomatic. I said Podomatic. Did you? Yeah, man. Follow us on Twitter at Fans of the Dead One. Follow us also on Instagram, Fans of the Dead One. We are also on Facebook, Fans of the Dead. Yeah, you can see us on YouTube. We've got a channel there where we do some funny things and have a lot of our recipe for disasters actually filmed a little bit for that earlier today um had a lot of fun the kids actually (laughs) thought it was pretty hilarious they actually wanted me to keep keep doing takes of this but it was it was tiring me out and uh yeah it was it was was fun (laughs) 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 if you want to leave us any feedback that's fans of the dead podcast at gmail.com. Suggestions, movies you'd like us to do, any subjects you'd like us to maybe cover in a tangent, whatever. Drop us a line. Reach out. And as always, have fun. Be safe. Peace. <laughs>